You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. It's Thursday, October 29th, 2020. This is the Real Vision Daily Briefing. I'm Ed Harrison, joined shortly by Steve Kalasian of Ticker Talker. But first, with the news of the day, Haley Drasnan. Hey, Ed. Well, it appears the U.S. economy is starting to bounce back. GDP, a measure of the total goods and services produced from the July to September period, came in at 33.1% on an annualized basis and ahead of expectations for 31%. So that's a 7.4% growth in one quarter, a record pace. While it doesn't make up for the corrections in the first two quarters, it does highlight the V-shaped recovery through most of the third quarter. In fact, as Ed so rightly points out in his Credit Write-Downs newsletter, if you look at the blue-chip consensus estimates and the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now forecast, there was a consistent ratcheting up of numbers over the past three months. If you look a little bit closer, over the last three months, GDP moved up to the 30s before today's number even came out by the U.S. Commerce Department. This is suggesting most analysts underestimated the acceleration of the bottom we saw in the third quarter. The economy has accelerated more than anticipated over the third quarter and now beginning into the fourth quarter. You know, markets are reacting positively to this news, but investors are already moving on. They had seen the economy doing well since September, and now they're looking ahead. This third quarter is already old news, and what's on the horizon is starting to cause real alarm. It's fears that the recovery could stall or reverse heading into the end of the year as COVID-19 cases are picking up in the U.S. and Europe, and U.S. stimulus hopes are fading. Jobless claim numbers are coming down, but unemployment is expected to remain high through this winter. If you look at the initial jobless claims numbers that were released today from last week, they fell from 791,000 to 751,000. That's ahead of the expectations, which were around 775,000, and puts us well out of the 900,000 realm where we had stalled in September. The four-week average claims number has fallen 500,000 in two weeks. This is the lowest level of claims since March, just before the coronavirus pandemic shut down the economy, but it's still at historically high levels. The bottom line here is this. The economy is still far below the pre-pandemic level. The U.S. has only recovered about two-thirds of the ground that it lost in the coronavirus pandemic, All of this data drives earnings and markets over the long term, and it suggests that the recovery should have legs. If this September and October periods of volatility was simply about determining where the economy is headed and had nothing to do with the coronavirus, we would be in the clear. But unfortunately, the virus is now again the big issue. So on that note, back to you, Ed. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Steve Kalasian, Chief Market Strategist at Ticket Taco. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, so Steve, I, I think I was just telling you right before we started taping that uh, we haven't had anyone who's talked specifically about uh, the market and the election. And I know that you have a firm view both in the election and then also the election outcomes from the presidential side. And I want to talk to you about that, but I actually also want to talk to you just uh, you know take a, a bigger lens as well. Once we we go through the nitty gritty on the on the presidential election. Now, you know, the thing that caught my eye when we were just talking about it is that you said the markets hate uncertainty and we're going to get it. Can you explain to me and for our viewers uh, what you meant by that? Sure. So in my 37 years, I know that the markets do not like uncertainty. They don't they want to know a clearer path. Right. Uh, So, for example, is the FOMC in a mode of cutting interest rates or are they looking to hike interest rates if uh so i've seen it both ways i've seen there where the fed funds rates back in you know some 15 18 years ago were four and a half percent and they were in a tightening mode where the fomc then became in a, a loosening uh mode and so what i've seen like i stated is uh where the markets do not like uncertainty and especially in this very sensitive uh, climate, with the, which is the presidential election, the markets don't know if President Bush is going, uh, President Bush, President Trump, sorry, is going to win, and is he going to enact t- further tax cuts and/or stimulus for? Because we do need probably another round of stimulus. Uh, there are a lot of people struggling. I was just driving through Manhattan yesterday. I had a dinner, and I, I was, a, I could not believe what I saw as far as a lot of stores that are closed. And, and, and so I think that uh, there's a lot of people still out of work. So the markets don't know the uncertainty to that. And, and the, again, if Joe Biden is president, uh, the, mar- <coughs> the markets don't know um, what, what he's going to do in his first you know, 120 days. Is he going to take away the, the Trump tax cuts? Is he going to start raising taxes? So. Um, you know, like I state, I think these are very sensitive times, and I think that the markets felt it in the last couple of days as well, plus the fact that there has been a spike in COVID and the fear of another shutdown, as you saw what's happening in Germany and in France. So a lot of what-if questions here uh, that still, like I said, the uncertainty levels are very high, probably the highest I've seen in my 37 years. Yeah. And, you know, you spoke to the, you're speaking to the uncertainty of policy, both on the uh, Trump side and on the Biden side. But I know that you also are talking about the uncertainty of uh, of the election. You know, uh, you, you mentioned uh, North Carolina to me right before this in terms sure. of, you know, uh, will we even know who the president is on November the 3rd? My best guess is that you won't. You'll have some type of uh, idea. But I think that, like we saw the Supreme Court rule that uh, North Carolina can extend the date by nine days. So that gives it till November 12th. Um, and I think there are so- certain states that are before the courts now. Uh, and um, I 
think that this is, uh, like I state, a very, very sensitive election and that we saw what happened with Bush and with Gore. It lasted, you know, well over a month. Uh, and uh, finally, it took the Supreme Court to uh, declare George Bush the president of the United States. But again, I think that that will wear on the market. Uh, I think that's going to have a negative tone when you keep, you know, not knowing that uncertainty. And like I state, I hate to repeat myself, but in 37 years in this industry, this is a no-no for the markets. Right. And so you're basically saying that uh, the volatility that we've been having, par partially because of uh, uh, what's going on in Europe, but also because of the politics, is going to continue even after the election. How much... Uh, how far down can it go just based upon that level of uncertainty? Can, uh, can it go down 10 percent, 15, 20 percent? What's the what's the, the downside risk here? Well, if it's if it's combined with a covid spike, uh, then that could even throw it down uh, even further. But I don't believe we're going to go near the March lows uh, right now. We're around the 26,000 change. Uh, so we did drop about 1,500 points in two days here. Uh, so 1,400 points in two days. You know, when you have uh, an uncertainty that drags on, it's going to be like a slow death type thing. I don't see a market crashing. I don't, I just see low volatility and just constant sideways drifting lower, um, which is like a slow, painful death. You know, for me, it's just like, Okay, let's get, let's get over with. Let's move on. Who's ever present? Let's just get in the right direction to see where this market's eventually going to head to. Uh, so I think that the longer it goes on, I think it's more negative for the for the for the markets. You know, the, the I guess the the positive takeaway from what you're saying is 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 that there is some limit to the downside, and really, once we find out who the president is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back in business. And, and I think that's where some of your analysis gets into play, because I know that you were saying that, you know, near term, the market's going to be headline driven. But, you know, if Trump gets reelected, your view is that the Dow is going to climb to higher than 30,000, whereas a, a Biden presidency you look at as, uh, as being negative for the market. Can you talk to us about uh, what, that, that bifurcation there? Well, the, the, the reason, the rationale behind that is because of the fact that, the, like I stated, that the, the, in my 37 years, the markets do not like uncertainty and the, the markets like economic growth. And, you know, if Joe Biden um, becomes president, is he going to be more of a moderate and, you know, stay, you know, like the way Bill Clinton was? Or is he going to enhance certain policies that could hurt economic growth, which we don't know yet? That's why there's uncertainty, right? And under uh, President Trump, uh, he is, you know, obviously he's always boasting about the stock market making new highs and you know, 401ks. And, you know, he always starts off with a, a rally of that nature. And again, not being political or anything like that. I think the markets know his position that he wants to do another tax cut uh, in 2021. He's been talking about it. Um, the, you know, the Republicans and Democrats were very close to a stimulus package. Uh, I think that is going to come to fruition sometime right after the election. Um, what number? We, I think it's going to be two plus trillion. So, um, but again, it, it really is all predicated on corporate earnings, right? We need economic growth. Um, we still have a you know, 7.1, 7.2 unemployment number. 
that's still pretty high, right? Granted, it wasn't as high as it was at the initial start of the COVID when we had 22 million people uh, out of work. Um, now we got down about 10 million, which is a staggering amount of people. Um, you know, so I mean, prior to the COVID hitting, we had <coughs> we had the lowest, excuse me, we had the lowest unemployment in over 50 years. Uh, and obviously, we saw what happened with COVID did and the pandemic that really just destroyed our economy um, and put a lot of fear into people. And like I said, I was telling you earlier, I was back in February. I mean, I didn't miss a beat. I came to the office every single day and I was driving on the highway and I was like driving like, wow, this is scary. There's nobody on the road. Right. You know? This is like and I, like I said, I was in New York City yesterday and meeting a client for to have a bite to eat somewhere. And and I was just like. I couldn't believe stores and buildings closed and it didn't have that same feel of New York City on a, in a fall afternoon, you know. So I think that the markets, again, like I said, are in that waiting mode period. Right. Um, but I do think that if of all the markets, I think I've always said that the Nasdaq is going to outperform either way. I do believe the stocks like Microsoft, we saw Netflix explode within 30 minutes, um, ran about 30 point because they're raising their subscription model uh so um because i you know netflix there's only a certain amount of people that you can get on and reach a certain plateau and then you got to decide okay how are you going to generate more revenue if you already pretty much have as many viewers as you possibly can and they came out with different packages so you see the apples of the world things like that i think those are names that um you know, should be born on weakness uh, when we do get an extreme oversold condition. Um, 12, you know, 5G is coming out. Apple, the iPhone 12 is coming out in February, mid-February. So I think there's some op there's some really good opportunities as well in, in the tech space. You know, uh, it's interesting that you're talking about those stocks because I was, I'm, I'm, away, I'm looking at, my, uh, we're taping this just after the market closed and I'm looking, it says that Facebook reported earnings revenues that topped estimates but the stock fell two percent and i think that google apple and amazon are also coming out with their earnings right now how much of what uh they're reporting now in this particular quarter this is the first you know post 33.4 percent q3 up quarter how much of what we see now will give you a sense of you know how robust uh they're going to be going forward uh in 2021 well, you know, Xbox with Microsoft, I think Christmas time coming, I think they're going to do extremely well with Xbox, the, the, their cloud services. Uh, they beat on the on the net revenue yesterday. When um, when In 37 years, I never heard a more bullish tone in my entire life. Uh, a couple months ago when I was looking up and I saw Amazon trading at $1,624, um, a couple minutes later, I was recognizing and all of a sudden an announcement that Amazon came out that they're going to hire 100,000 new employees. And in my 37 years, I never heard a company come out with such a bullish tone. And I said to myself, this is the stock to buy. I mean, this is the company's telling you that the growth is going to be tremendous to hire 100,000 new employees. And so the stock ran about 1,900 plus points in a very short period of time. Yesterday, I'm driving in the car. And my partner needed to order something. He goes right to Amazon Prime. So right. I think this is just going to grow. Uh, yes, there are other competitors like obviously Walmart and Target and things like that and other firms that are trying to compete. But 
I think Amazon's so embedded into people at this point that it's so easy. And I think you know a lot of people have um, Amazon Prime. Every time I'm on the highway, I see four or five Amazon Prime trucks. So um, I think that this is a name that's going to continue to grow. I do think there's going to be some pullbacks and opportunities along the way. Uh, as long as they're as long as the model is not broken, I think that's a name. We saw Netflix today. Um, I, again, Microsoft. I think these are the names. I wouldn't be in the airline stocks. Uh, well, you I, know, I want to talk to you about that because you're making a good case, obviously, for large cap, uh, large cap growth stocks, large cap tech, you know, like Amazon. And by the way, of course, you were just mentioning uh, they're, they're pandemic resistant. You see all the trucks all over yeah. the place. But yeah. I know that you're talking about avoiding cyclical stocks. You're talking about avoiding banks, airlines, and they're going to underperform the market. So what kind of uh, growth paradigm are you, is, is, does this work in? Because obviously you're talking about growth over value. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the macro uh, outlook behind that that causes you to think that that's the way to go? Well, if you take a look back, right, when the markets made, when the S&P futures made a new all time, the S&P futures and S&P cash made new all time highs, what followed? The NASDAQ 100. What led? This Russell small cap? and the Dow Jones Industrial Average never made new highs, right? So you had a divergence between the two. So right off the bat, when the Dow got, when the NASDAQ got up to above 12,100, I said, extremely overbought, look for a pullback 10.3, 10.5, we got that, boom, and we rallied a thousand points off that. So again, we're, we're in this mode that that's the type of markets or the type of investments people are looking for. You think of where Facebook came from when it when the uh, <coughs> when the Nasdaq hit 10,300, 10,400. What did Delta Airlines or JetBlue or United Airlines do? They didn't even have nowhere close the the percentage gains, right? So I think investors are looking for more alpha generated gains and names that are COVID proof uh, in in you know in that name. I would stick away stay away from banks. I'd stick away, stay away from airlines. I would stay away from oil stocks. Um, just my because if we do have another downturn, oil is going to get hit again. Um, half a bid because less people will be driving, and uh, you know oil has already has a cloud over its head with uh, you know electric cars and combustion engines and being done away with, et cetera, in the next five to ten years. But so I think this is where the play is going forward. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You know, it's interesting that because uh, oh, there are two things I picked up on. You talked about if we have another uh, recession. You also mentioned uh, lockdowns in Europe and COVID, you know, as one of those things that is uh, lurking, breathing down our neck. Uh, what I was thinking about is when you look at the S&P or the Dow and you look at the charts, uh, you know, we had a September 2nd high and then we had a double top with the October the 12th lower peak which would suggest that perhaps uh, you know, now we're in a, in a position where that's a double top. That's really a double top and we're, we're headed down. Um, so that's, a, that's sort of a scenario in which those, those uh, out, the, the, the downside risk that you're talking about from a recession or from COVID-19 lockdowns are, are, are there. 
Uh, is that sort of, I mean, what's your overall market tone thinking? Because I'm thinking about the 30,000 number that you uh, are you're putting on a Trump victory versus this whole double top and then the downside risk associated with all of this. Well, one of the things I've done my whole life is I, I'm, I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm more of a technical trader, and I built predictive analytics. So when we went parabolic and we made all-time highs on the S&P, the Spiders, the, the NASDAQ, and then we got that sharp pullback of about 1,400 points on the NASDAQ, S&Ps dropped uh, below 3,200, <coughs> and then I think we were below 3,200 for like, Five minutes, and then we got that to 31.96 and three quarters. I remember that day. I said, I think this is it. I had probably one of the most oversold conditions on my weekly charts. I went from an extreme overbought level to an extreme oversold. And then, so you're here, and now, like you, like, like you just stated, we went from here, and now we made a lower high. Right. And so as you were going up, you had a ton of overhead resistance here. And as my weekly charts worked off that oversold, oversold condition in the last four to five weeks, we now made a lower high, and now we're we're moving back down. <clears throat> the reason why we made that lower high is because of the date got pushed very close to the election. And I think that that's also put a lot of fear into people. We came 10,000 points practically off below. We were only, you know, a couple hundred points away from where we were, maybe five, 700 points away from where we were on the Dow before. So a lot of people were just taking a lot of profits too and just saying, okay, no, look, I, hey, listen. I, I rode the downturn. Maybe they bought more down there. I caught the upturn. Enough is enough. Let's just sit back and let's just wait. You know, and that, that's what I said. I actually told, you know, everybody on our Ticker Talker TV channel that I would look to be in cash at these levels. And uh, it was just, you know, you can always buy in again, whether it's higher or even lower. But you just, you know, you want to know. It's like you want to know. It's like when you wake up every morning, you know, you want to know what the weather is like so you can prepare for it. Right. Uh, so uh, it's it's really a game. It's it's in the mindset of every investor to know some sort of certain course. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds to me like what you're saying is, OK, we had this double top formation and uh, I'm looking at that as a sign uh, to take some risk off the uh, the table. We're going to go through a choppy period. That choppy period is going to last to the election and beyond because we're still going to have uncertainty after that. But then once we get certainty you're more likely to want to add to your positions, particularly if uh, it's a Trump win, because you think that that could get you to 30,000 on the Dow. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that you, then you got to also factor in, is there a vaccine going to come in the first quarter of 2021? And I'll say here publicly, I'm not going to take a vaccine, you know, just because the vaccine's available. It's new. I, I don't want to be so-called guinea pig. I mean, I thank God I don't want to jinx myself, but, you know, I never had COVID, um, and I've been very, very careful in protection, masks, walking around. Um, <clears throat> if you get it, you know, do you try to fight it? And are people going to be scared to take the vaccine because it's still, again, uncertain? Oh, uh, yeah, was, definitely. What, was, it, was it rushed to come out, you know? Uh, is there side effects? Um, everybody's thinking that, okay, a vaccine's going to come out, and this is all going to go away. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are fearful of taking that vaccine, even if they got the COVID, God forbid. So these are a lot, this is, these are very unprecedented times here um, between the election, the COVID, are we gonna have big spikes? If a vaccine comes out, are people gonna wanna take it or even trial it? So 
this is why, I, like I said, this is really in my 37 years, very unprecedented times here. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. And, you know, um, I, I'm just thinking about your last, uh, any last thoughts in terms of, you know, uh, your overall tone, bullish, bearish, uh, what, what should people be looking for at this particular juncture? I think that the way I would look to play the market is look for extremes at this moment. I think that when I've been around, like I said, when the markets get to an extreme oversold condition, I would look to play the names like the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Facebooks, the Netflixes, um, the videos, um, you know, the names, the big, the, the big, the big tech names that we know that will overcome any type of pandemic again, which we've seen in round one, this would be round two, if it was from COVID. Uh, if we did get any type of sell-off of any magnitude, um, Again, those are the names that I would be looking for. But in in and and the underlying ETFs like the triple Qs or something to that nature, because I think that that's the sector that's going to move and get the best returns for the next few years. Well, Steve, I I hope that you're right. That uh, th that is that's the way to go. I hope you're wrong about the uncertainty. But I really appreciate talking to you about uh, your your uh, outlook. Thanks very much for, for talking to us. Well, thank you, Ed. It's been a privilege. And thank you very much. Thank you. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.